Good to see you. I missed you last week, and I was a little bit under the weather, and I'm still not 100%, so if I start coughing, just bear with me. It'll pass, I promise. And I may have to stop and blow my nose, but that'll be okay, too. I, 57 years old, I don't have any shame left, and I can blow my nose in front of a crowd if I need to. <clears throat> I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad I get to preach to you today. And I want to share a thought with you along this line, life's greatest priority. And I want to ask you, what's next for you? What's the next thing you've got on the agenda of your life? What is the big project, task, or hobby that you're about to devote most of your time, attention, and energy to? I guess I could ask it like this. What are you about to immerse yourself in heart and soul? Now, before you make any commitments, I want you to read a couple of verses from the Bible with me. They're found in the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter number 1, verse number 9 and 10. And uh, let me tell you what's going on here. The Apostle Paul is writing to some Christian people just like us who made up the church in Philippi. And he told them, I've been praying for you. And then he begins to tell them what he is praying for them. And that's what we're looking at here in verse number 9. And Paul says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Did you see that? Yeah, they're right there behind me. You can see that. Uh, He says, I'm praying that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Then look, he tells them why he wants them to have more understanding. Verse number 10, for I want you to understand, he says, what really matters. Did you see that? I think there's a great lesson to be learned here. I think that we can learn just from that verse that there's some things in life that don't matter. And there are some things that do. And the Apostle Paul felt it vital that believers come to a place in their lives where they could distinguish between the two. Why? If we don't distinguish between the two, we could waste huge portions of our lives Pursuing things that don't matter. And while doing that, miss out on the things that really do matter. Well, this ought to raise an important question in our minds. What really matters? And maybe even a more important question, and that is, of all that matters, what matters the most? What is life's greatest priority? Now, where in the world would you go to uh, find the answer to that question? Well, the Apostle Paul didn't leave it to the Philippians to figure this out. He just told them flat out what life's greatest priority was. Uh, Look in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And let's read these two verses together. The Apostle Paul says, and he's talking to the same group of people, and he said, I'm praying that you could know what matters and what doesn't. In verse number 7, and he says, I once thought these things were valuable. What's he talking about? He's just been talking about his heritage, his upbringing. 
He'd been talking about his education, his religion, how strictly he adhered to the uh, disciplines of his religion, his successes, his accomplishments. He just listed all these things, and I'll tell you, it's pretty impressive. And he says in verse 7, you know, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless. Now, wait a minute. Is he saying that our heritage is worthless? That education is worthless? Religion is worthless? Is he saying that any of our achievements and successes along the last path have been worthless? Nope, that's not what he's saying. Look, what he, look carefully what he's saying. He's saying... I consider all these things worthless when compared to something. Verse number 8. I just think this is huge. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ. Did you see that? According to Paul, of all that really matters, knowing Jesus matters most. You got that? I mean, you've really got that. Talk to me now. You used to talk to me over the high school. You can talk to me here. Let me just hit the pause button here and make sure that you understand something. When we were saved, we were given an awesome privilege. We were given the privilege of knowing Christ. You see, we are now in a relationship with him. You don't have to read the pages, read from the pages of the Bible and, and look at the disciples with envy and say, oh, how I wish. How I wish I could have walked with him. How I wish I could have talked with him. You don't have to look ahead to heaven and say, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to be able to sit down and have myself a little talk. With Jesus. We're just going to stroll up and down the streets of gold and, and then I'll, I'll know him. You know what, guys? We don't have to wait on that. We're in a relationship with, with him now. We can know him now. As a matter of fact, we can get to know him well. You and I can be acutely aware of his presence. Now, he's always with us. He would never leave us or forsake us. That's what he said. Sometimes we feel him and sometimes we don't. But you and I can be so close to him relationally that we are acutely aware of his presence in our lives. We can have long talks with him. We can talk to him. I'm telling he's willing to talk with us. We can share life experiences with him. Jesus Christ can become our closest friend. And guys... That's the way it was supposed to be. According to Paul, this relationship with Jesus is of infinite value. Infinite value. You can't put a price tag on it. You say, what's it, what would it be worth to really know Jesus? million bucks? Ten million. Now think about it. How many of you would be leaping for joy if you came in here today and said, you know, just as a little uh, uh, gift today... We're giving you $100 million. How would you, how would you be acting? It would be hard to restrain yourself. You're like, $100 bucks. Did you know 
that the Bible says that the privilege of knowing Jesus is worth far more than that. It has infinite value. You know, it is so valuable that everything else that really matters, even the things that matter, are worthless when compared to the value of knowing Christ. Now, here's what we've learned. You say, this has got to be the shortest sermon this man has ever preached. Knowing Jesus, not serving him, but knowing him is life's greatest priority. Of all that really matters, it matters most. So in light of what we've learned, what are we going to do? You say, my gosh, he is. This is the shortest sermon he's ever preached. In light of what we learned, what are you going to do? And here's what we're going to do. Let's get to know Jesus. Let's take advantage of this privilege by making it our greatest priority. Let's give the best of our time and energy to what matters most. Ronnie, how do you suggest we do this? I suggest that we do it together. I want to invite you to join me in what I hope will be one of the most rewarding experiences of our lives. Over the next few months, we're going to really get to know Jesus. Next Sunday, I'm going to start a series entitled, People You Should Know Jesus. Now, if you're new here, you you probably don't know this, but about once a year I do a biographical uh, sermon series and we study carefully a character from the Bible. We've looked at Joseph and we've looked at Elijah. Well, guess who we're going to look at next? We're going to look at Jesus. And here's the way we're going to do it. Week by week, we're going to systematically work our way through the New Testament book of Luke. You say, Ronnie, doesn't Luke have 24 chapters? You're going to do 24 sermons? I don't know. I'm anticipating more than that. But, you know, what what better you got to do? Huh? (laughs) Than to get to know Jesus. And we got time to do that. I'm in no hurry in this process. And and here's what's going to happen. Each week, Jesus is going to reveal himself to us in fresh new ways. We're going to discover what he is like. We're going to discover what really matters to him. We're going to discover what he wants from us. And at the end of this journey, we're not only going to know more about Jesus... If that's, all that happens, if that's all that happens through this series is at the end we know more about him than we failed. At the end of it, we're going to really know Jesus. Our relationship with him is going to be more meaningful to us than ever before. Does this sound like something you're interested in? Okay, good, you're talking to me. Okay, if that's the case, then here's what I want you to do. You say, whoa, what? You want us to do? Yeah, here's what I want you to do. Every week, I'm going to share with you the verses I'll be preaching from the following Sunday. Now, how are you going to do this? I'm going to post it on a blog, okay? And uh, this week, Tim McCall helped me create a blog. And it took... Hours we hammered out a creative title for this new blog. We came up with Ronnie's blog. (laughs) 
That's what happens when you get two brilliant minds together. Creative things come out of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and as the, is, is the address up? Will you put the address up there? And uh, ronniehodge.blogspot.com. Got it? Leave it up there. Write that down. What is funny about that? Huh? Yeah, original. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? You know, I could have put the preaching dynamic wonder dot block. You know, I could have, you know, we could have come up. So, Ronnie Hodge, and here's what I'm going to do. Every, every Sunday afternoon, I'm going to post the verses I'll be preaching from the following week. Okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that blog, and, you know, you can find those. Find them on Sunday because you're going to be using them during the week. Now, if you want to, you can subscribe. You know what that means? It means when I post, you don't have to go looking for it. It's coming to you. And when you get those verses, I want you to set aside a little time each day that you possibly can. I want you to read those verses. I want you to read them slowly, carefully, prayerfully. I want you to devote a little bit of time to this. You say, how much? I don't know. Uh, 15 minutes? 30 minutes? Now, can I say something kind of mean? Can I say something kind of mean? Can I kind of revert into my independent Baptist roots and just really say something straightforward here? Let me tell you what some of you just thought. I can't do that. I absolutely do not have time to put into that kind of time to put into this relationship. Have you ever thought about what Jesus put into this relationship? Huh? I think he's heavily invested so that he could have this relationship with us. And I think 15 to 30 minutes a day is a minor investment on our part. And you know what I think? I think we can. I think we can do that. Okay, so that was the mean-spirited independent Baptist preacher that, that had his little say there. Guys, we can do it, and I want you to do that, and I want you to, I want you to read these verses. I want you to read them maybe two or three times if, if you can. Um, and as you do, I want you to remember something. You're searching for two things, okay? As you read them, you're searching for two things. You're hoping to discover a couple of things. One, you're hoping to discover something about Jesus. The Bible is the revelation of God. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's it's the primary means that Jesus has chosen to reveal himself to us. And so in every passage you read, there's something that Jesus is trying to show you about himself. I want you to look carefully and see if you can discover it. Will you bear that in your mind as you read? But there's a second thing. Uh, You know, the Bible is also the the how-to book for life. So in every passage that you're going to be reading and you're going to be reflecting on, there are going to be great practical lessons that, will, that can really enrich your life. Practical lessons that, that help you strengthen your relationships. Practical lessons that help you manage your money. You know, practical lessons that help you get over your past. Practical lessons that can bring great joy into your life. I want you to look carefully for them and I want you to make sure that you identify them. Now, to do this, i tell you what I've done. To help you do this, on every post, in addition to the text, and I want you to listen carefully to me. Don't get, don't get lost with me here. Every one of these posts, I'll share with you the text, but with the text, I'm going to share with you what I'm calling clues. 
Okay? And I tell you, if, if you have a study Bible, and you have, if you ever use the footnotes in a study Bible, these clues are kind of going to be like that. And if you pay attention to these clues, they're going to help you make the discoveries that you're looking for. Let me give you an example. Uh, text next week, by the way, is going to be Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 20. And uh, so if you would, Tim, or, or, or would you put those uh, up, words up on the screen? We're just going to read these verses together. And this is kind of the way it's going to go down. So just imagine yourself sitting there with a cup of coffee, and you begin to read this text, and, and you start reading, say, at that time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, you're, already, you're having your devotions. You're already getting a little bit lost in that, right? So you keep reading. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. So as you read that in your devotional time, I'm going to share with that some clues. What are you trying to discover? Something about Jesus. What are you trying to discover? Practical lessons. And so, let me show you the clues. All right? The clues. The census was the idea of the Roman government. These are just things that I came across in my research that helped me make important discoveries that I want to share with you. They, here's why they were doing the census. Here's the purpose of it. They were making sure everyone was registered in order to make sure everyone was paying taxes. So when Joseph showed up to Mary and said, hey, we're about to take a little trip, guess why? So the Romans can get every dime of taxes they feel like we owe them. The journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem was 70 to 95 miles throughout mountainous terrain and would require at least three days of travel. No cars, no trucks. And Mary was nine months pregnant. Next clue. Six to seven hundred years prior to this time, the prophet Micah, in the Old Testament book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, predicted that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Not Nazareth where Joseph and Mary lived, but in Bethlehem where they were going. And even though Joseph and Mary were married earlier, in this passage she referred to as his fiance because they had not yet consummated the marriage with sexual relations. And you know what I'm going to do? In every passage all the way through, the verses you read, I'll have those clues. So that as you read, you're going to be able to find explanations for what you're reading right there in front of you. Is that good? Okay, where's it going to be at? Ronnie's blog. Can you remember that? And then the, you'll work your way to three simple questions that most of you are familiar with. Okay, I got it. I've read it. I reflected on it. I understand it. What does it teach me about Jesus? What does it teach me about life? You with me? Hopefully, these clues are going to help you each week. You know, you do that during the week. We come here on Sunday, and I tell you what I'll do. I'll share my thoughts from that text. I'll share you what I feel like God showed me. If you miss a sermon, you do understand that you can go to our website or our podcast, and uh, we know we're having some glitches with that right now, but our goal is that by the end of this week is have all that ironed out, and you can find sermons that you feel like you, that you have missed. Now, what if we do this? 
What if we all partner together and, and we do this? Now, here, here's what I'm afraid of. If, I, if you just come hear the sermons, I'm afraid you're just going to know about Jesus. If you do this part and come hear the sermons, I'll tell you what I believe is going to happen. We're going to really get to know Jesus. And if we really get to know him, a couple of things are going to happen. One, you and I are going to find what we've been looking for all of our lives. Everybody's looking for something, and I am absolutely convinced that they're not going to find it apart from a healthy, vibrant, growing relationship with Jesus. I don't think you're going to find it. It's what we were created for. In the book of Genesis, we learn the reason God created man. He wanted someone to know him. Do you hear me? The reason God created man is he wanted someone to know him. The Bible tells us that every morning and evening, God would come into the Garden of Eden and fellowship with Adam and Eve. You know why? God wanted someone to know him. It was their purpose and it is our purpose. God brought us into existence so we could know him by knowing his son, Jesus. And until this becomes our greatest pursuit, I don't think we'll ever be completely happy. I don't think our soul will ever be content until we know Jesus and we know him well. When we get to really get to know Jesus, we're going to find what we've been looking for, but we're also going to find the best friend we could ever have. Jesus is the absolute cure for loneliness. He said, he promised, I will never leave you or forsake you for any reason, at any time. He is with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He is a great listener. What matters to us always matters to him. Have you ever set somebody down and, man, there was something really bothering you and you were trying to express yourself, but you could just tell by the look on their face, they didn't care. Because what mattered to you just didn't matter to them. That's not the way Jesus is. He is the best counselor. He knows everything about you. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. He knows where you've come from. He knows where you're going. He knows every detail about your future. As a matter of fact, Jesus knows everything about everything, which means that he has the answers to all of our questions and solutions to all of our problems. As a friend, he will never lead us wrong. He loves us unconditionally. He is patient and forgiving. Jesus is the, he is the cure for low self-esteem. Jesus values us, all of us. We all matter to him. We mean so much to Jesus that he literally gave up everything, not just so he could be our Savior, but so that he could be our friend. So over the next few months, go to Corner Church. We're going to focus on getting to know Jesus better. Now, I don't know about you, but when, when, before I became a Christian, when somebody came to me and they talked to me about church or Christianity, they always did so in the context of, of stopping something. Do you, do you remember the, how this conversation went? Ronnie, you really, need to, you really need to come to church with us and stop that drinking. Ronnie, you know, why don't you come to our church and why don't you stop that cussing? And every time that, that somebody who went to church talked to me, they were telling me something else that I really needed to stop. You need to stop smoking. You need to stop dipping. You need to stop chewing. 
You need to stop going to the movies. You need to stop dancing. As a matter of fact, everybody that's ever seen me dance has told me, you need to stop dancing. You know how I heard that? You know when they would say that you need to come to church and stop? You know how I heard that? Why don't you come to church and be miserable like the rest of us? You know what nobody ever told me? Nobody. Nobody ever told me that if I was saved, I could know Jesus. Nobody. That I could know Jesus in this life. That I could walk with him and talk with him and enjoy his company. And he would enjoy my company. Nobody told me that. I'm telling you that. You know, I eventually became a Christian. And and you know the main reason I became a Christian? One day I just had an awakening and realized something. I'm responsible for my wife and my children. I'm setting an example of them spiritually. And they're watching me, and there's a really good chance they're going to follow my lead. And if they follow my lead spiritually, I knew where I was leading them. And it scared me, Jimmy. I got saved, really, for their sake. And so I started going to church, and you hear sermons, and, you know, I didn't hear any sermons about knowing Jesus. I just heard a lot more sermons about don't, stop, quit. One day I met a guy. and There was something about him I had never seen. Jesus was real to him. Not just a guy we were reading about, learning about, died on a cross. I'm telling you, Jesus was real to him. His relationship with Jesus was alive. I wanted what he had. So I started doing what he did. And this guy, you know, he, I asked him. He's like, man, I'll tell you what I do. I find lonely places where I can sit down with my Bible and let God speak to me. And I talk to him and I do this in an unhurried fashion and I started doing that. It happened for me. Jesus became real to me. I began to feel his presence and see demonstrations of his power. He would speak, I would hear. I spoke, he heard. My relationship with him became the centerpiece of my life and the greatest source of joy. Let me tell you what, I'd walk right past a trout stream to get to a place to meet with God and be by myself with him. I wish I could tell you this morning that I'm as close to God as I've ever been, but I can't. I can't. Some distance has developed there. And this week I had to sit down and just really Admit that to myself. The relationship is not what it used to be. I began to search my life to try to find the reasons. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't find any immorality. 
no blatant sin. I began to identify some things. And most of them could be placed under one category. Busyness. I need this. I want this. I miss what I have. What about you? Are you as close to the Lord as you have ever been? Are you as close as you want to be? I'm talking to some people here who could immediately identify with what I just said. And for you, maybe it hasn't been business. Maybe you've just come through one of the toughest years of your life. Maybe you've got a job that has demanded so much extra time of you. Or maybe some jerk has arisen in your life that has taken, kind of stolen the folk, your focus. I don't know what it is. But something happened. And the result's been the same. There's some distance in your relationship with Jesus. Let me tell you what we're going to do together. We're going to get to know him. We're going to get to know him better than we've ever known him. We're going to be closer to him than we've ever been. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is going to become our greatest priority. You with me? Say, so, Ronnie, what do I need to do? Go to that blog today. Will you do that? The first post, I've already posted. first post is basically explaining to you what we're going to be doing and what your part is. The second post, I've already put the text for next week, the clues, everything you're going to need. I just need you to go access that and start reading in preparation for next week. Will you do it? Okay, let's pray. Father, I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about where we're going as a church. I'm excited about the fact that that Golden Corner Church is going to be a church where everything centers around Jesus Christ. He's going to be central in our worship. He's going to be central in the sermons. He's going to be central in each of our lives outside this place. He's going to be central in every class in the back as we teach the kids and central in our jaywalkers ministry on Wednesday night. This is going to be a church that's built upon Jesus Christ. I'm excited. Excited about where the days are going to lead us relationally. And God, you, you've said to me that, they, that ahead of this church are times of restoration. I'm beginning to understand, Lord, you were talking about our relationship with you being restored. We need that. We want that. We're praying for that. In Jesus' lovely name, we close this service together.
Amen. Have a great week. Look forward to this journey with you.